Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris, and whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday afternoon to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. Podbean, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Spotify, if you're listening on there, big thank you. Share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Twitter and we have Facebook. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy. All you have to do is just type it in, all lowercase. You'll find it. Follow on there. You'll get up episode updates and notifications and news and highlights across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type it in, Pigskin Frenzy. You'll just follow the page, like the page there. You'll get updates and notifications for episodes, and you'll get news and highlights and notifications across college and NFL football. We're on a lot of platforms now, by the way. Uh, just wanted to point that out. We're, besides Apple and Google Podcasts, we're still kind of working on that. But nonetheless, we're on a lot of platforms now. iHeartRadio, if you listen on iHeartRadio, Listen to Pigskin Frenzy on there. We're on. If you have a Samsung device, you're going walking. You know, having a having a walk in the afternoon or night or whatever. Just you know, play it on your phone or Galaxy Watch and say, you know what? Let's play. You know, listen to some some football news. You know, I want to. You know, football is my sport. I want to listen to some news and coverage. Turn on Pigskin Frenzy on your watch or or your phone and listen to it. Amazon. If you want to listen while you're cleaning or cooking, all you got to say is, Hey Alexa. Hopefully it didn't go off, but hey, Alexa, play Pigskin Frenzy podcast, and then it will play. So we're everywhere pretty much. Amazon, iHeartRadio, Samsung, to name a few. We're also on a um, Podchaser, so if you want to listen there, that's another another podcasting app if you want to listen to there as well. So everywhere besides Google Podcasts and Apple, we'll try to get there soon enough, but still working on that now. But Still the same main ones, YouTube, watch on there, subscribe on there, listen on Podbean, listen on Spotify, share around with others and follow on there as well. Big thank you for just listening and sharing around and, and the support so far for Pigskin Frenzy. Okay, college football day today. We're going to be talking about a lot of things going on. Most notably, we're going to continue in with our spring coverage, spring football coverage. Going to provide some more outlooks for some, some of the top teams I didn't mention last week. I mentioned Ohio, teams like Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Alabama. Um, I mentioned I mentioned Michigan. I mentioned a lot of those teams. Uh, we're going to mention some teams that I really didn't touch on last week. So we're going to talk about, you know, some of those some of those teams today uh, for the spring outlook and for what I want to see coming out of spring football. We're gonna also going to mention some quarterback comp competitions across college football. I haven't really touched on it. I touched on it a tiny bit, but not fully covered it and fully just dived deep into it. So I wanted to talk about that and some of the top battles going on around the spring and heading into the fall. Um, the, the, and then what I found interesting was, and this is what we're going to, you know, end it on, then we'll tie, tie the show all in together at the end of the episode. But I found this article on Twitter about who was the best college football player to ever watch play. So I started thinking, okay, this is something interesting to talk about. Um, then I saw everybody else chime in their opinions and, oh, you know, it's fact. This guy's the best. This guy's the best, you know, uh, you know, all, you know, 
a lot of these people, all of, all of college ball fans were naming who was the best. But again, I mean, we're going to get into that later on. And we're going to share my thoughts on who the best college football player was that I've ever watched played. So don't want to miss it. Don't don't tune out of Pigskin Frenzy yet. Um, it was, you know, it's going to be a good episode and just can't wait to dive deep into these topics about college football. So before we kick into, you know, the spring outlook, I want to talk about just throw a curveball a little bit and just make a little a pre-warm up for college football before we go into the spring outlook for teams. Now, I just read an article and it was from CBS Sports and it was from a you know just just throwing him out there, Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports writer. Go read his articles. He's a really good writer for CBS Sports. Great job on this one. Um, Dennis Dodd, he wrote that the Pac-12 is unlikely to reach a media deal. He also said that 50%, which is half of their content, is going to be on linear TV. So linear TV, and I'm just saying this out there, it's ESPN, the main networks, ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC, also known as the gold standard of broadcasting and sports broadcasting in general. So Pac-12, um, you know, unlikely to reach a, a media deal. The media deals that they were trying to come up with, and this is what Dennis Dodd said on the article, and I quote, a game on Apple. Apple can get a little bit of the piece of the pie there. And then the other piece of the pie would be Amazon getting a game on like Friday night or something. So that would be pretty, pretty cool. And then they would decide for the other half, the other, like the third part of the pie, who's going to get the linear deal. So it's going to be a media deal with Apple and or Amazon, or who's going to get a, you know, the third linear deal, which would be an ESPN or a, or a, you know, CBS or what have you. But CBS has already, has already got their hands full with uh, Big Ten coming up now and their SEC deal is ending shortly. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's big news. I mean, if the Pac-12 is not going to get a media deal right off the bat, I, I think 50% of those games on linear TV, uh, Will it will it happen? That's the question, really. Uh, will it air? You know, well, fifty percent of the Pac-12's media, like you know, content, will it air? Especially with football coming up in in August. Um, I, I know you got. Listen, you got some of the main teams that are. Uh, that, and, and listen, I'm not hating on the Pac-12. I'm not knocking the Pac-12 at all. The Pac-12 was very interesting last year. It actually surprised me a little bit of how interesting the Pac-12 was. You had a you had Obviously, everything was led by uh, USC and Utah. Then you had Washington, who had a high-obtained offense. Then you had Oregon. Then, you know, I mean, you had Oregon State, and a surprising up-and-comer with Oregon State. So, I mean, yeah, you had a lot of interesting, you know, interesting teams in football last year, you know, for, for the Pac-12. So, if you think about it now, I mean, it's even more interesting. You got all those same teams. Add in Colorado with Deion Sanders now, um, so yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic for sure. The Pac-12 was very interesting last year. However, it's with numbers and draw, it's not really the SEC and the Big Ten. So you, you got to think, okay, you got to think the main two powerhouses that it's coming into in college football, and this goes all the way back 
into all comes full circle realignment and it comes into the power to talk that I had on one of the first episodes of pigskin frenzy sec big 10 and then there's a lot of other you know a lot the other conferences and that's not a knock it's you know it's just you got to be factual on these things it literally is the sec and then the big 10 everybody else so the pac 12 is looking to try to everything in their can to get a media deal going to try to try to get things afloat and try to think get things going now they still have linear tv and i think linear tv will do them justice this this year i think there will be a, i think there will be some some top pac 12 games on on linear tv involving a washington involving a usc involving an oregon and oregon state colorado and utah however i think a, a media deal would do them justice especially since you know dennis dodd also mentioned this in his article we're unpacking this before we get to the spring conversation but you know he also mentioned this he also mentioned that the big 12 is still trying to get the four corner schools of the pac 12 Colorado and Utah included. So if you get those two schools involved into the Big 12, you got to think, okay, what does this do for us in trying to get a media deal? So it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. The Pac-12 dynamic is interesting. Um, Dennis Dodd, he wrote a good article. Pac-12 unlikely to reach a media deal, and 50% of their content will be on linear TV so far. Um with them rumors of getting a media deal. Like I said before, it, it, I've, I've heard rumblings of Apple and I've had, a, I've heard a little bit of Amazon a little bit, but I mean, like that article said, you know, it's unlikely to reach a media deal anytime soon. And 50% of its, uh, t content will be on linear TV. So, um, we'll see what happens with the pac 12. It's an interesting dynamic. I think, a media deal needs to be, you know, be brought up, and I think something needs to happen before we get into, you know, it, it before it gets out of hand to the point where, okay, the Big Twelve is going to try to get one of those four pillars and the four corners of the Pac-12 with involving Colorado and Utah. So, interesting dynamic there for the Pac-12. So, anyway, moving on, we're going to our spring outlook. Talking about spring football, like I said last week, it is an interesting time in college football, especially with spring. Spring is where where you're okay. You're not thinking, okay, it's not going to be one of those. It's a for sure thing, I guess. It's more of a overview and a, okay, what's to come for the season and what do you like about this team and what do you not like about this team? It's really, as a fan, and if you're a fan of any college football team, whether it's a Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, whoever, Oklahoma, Texas, whoever, if you're a fan of college football, you want to look at your spring game and look, okay, this is what we need to improve on. And I think as a fan and as a spectator, we need to improve on this. Or we need to, you know, we need to plug this in more, you know. That dynamic we didn't have last year, it looks like a good dynamic and it's working on offense or defense. We definitely need to have that. So it's a good time to be a football fan and just plug in and watch what's going to happen in spring football. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit. We're going to be mentioning some schools, starting off with Penn State. I didn't mention Penn State last week, and here's what I would like to see from Penn State. I would like to see some more of Drew Aller, <laughs> to be honest. Is Drew Aller, because he hasn't, he he's played, but he hasn't started a game yet. I know Sean Clifford's been there for five, six years. 
He's been the guy. Can Drew Allard replace, you know, and 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 become a more dynamic quarterback even than Sean Clifford? We want to see what Drew Allard does. He put up some numbers in high school. He put up some. He did some good plays in Penn State when he came in for when he came in for Sean Clifford on a couple of plays and a few drives. He did good. He he looked good. But as a full time starter, can Drew Allard get the job done? I want to see how their offensive how their offensive scheme works with him in there, and I want to see are they physical enough and tough enough to try to take on a Michigan and Ohio State this year. So that's what I want to see from Penn State in the spring. Those two things. We need to see the, I would say, physicality and toughness. That's my first point. And can Drew Allard, you know, live up to the hype and live up to expectations for Penn State in replacing a Sean Clifford? So that's what I want to see from Penn State. Uh, out of coming out of spring, another team I was I'm, I'm thinking about and looking out for is Texas A&M. Disappointing season for Texas A&M to say the least. Last year they only uh, won four games. They went four and seven. They ended their season with a on a high note by beating LSU and shocking them at home. Now here's my question: They had Connor Wingman. They had Max Johnson. Here is here's the only take I have with Texas A&M. Well. I have a few takes, but I'm going to name a few right now. But my main take, I think, how is their offense going to be ran? <laughs> uh, last season's offense was not the best. They were their numbers were similar to Iowa's in when it came to offensive proficiency and offense and offensive scoring on offense. It looked very low. It was you know kind of stagnant a little bit, and and nothing taking away anything away from Texas A&M, but. It just was not their season. It wasn't a very good season at all for them last year. So their offense was a huge part in that, I would say. I want to see how what their offense looks like. They hired Bobby Petrino from Missouri State, Missouri State head former Missouri State head coach, Bobby Petrino, and he is now their offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. I want to see what their offense is looking like under Bobby Petrino now. I want to see, you know, Who's going to start? Because there is a competition open for quarterback between Connor Wingman and Max Johnson. I'm going to get to that competition later on in the in the top quarterback competitions across you know college football. But I want to see what's going on there. I also want to see who replaces uh, Devon A. Chain at running back. I would like to see that for sure. I know that Ruben Peoples is a running back that is a freshman and they're really high on coming into Texas A&M. I want to see if they were, if he is a guy that they can lean on in the ground game after losing a tough running back like Devon A. Chain. So that's going to be interesting to see an interesting dynamic there. I want to see what A&M does one with their offense two with their ground game, three with their quarterback, you know, their quarterback battle, but I'll talk about that in in the in the quarterback competition talk later in a minute. I also want to see their conditioning. That's the last thing, that's the fourth and last thing. I want to see their conditioning. I want to see how they how they handle, you know, playing 60 minutes of football because a lot of those players did get hurt like Max Johnson, he ended up breaking his hand and wrist. Uh, late last season going in, you know, going into the LSU game. So it was one of those things where it was like, okay, 
you, you want to see Connor, you know, you want you want to see, you know, them, you know, have hell. I would say healthy, you know, healthy tendencies going in for football. You know, I, you want to see them physically and well prepared and ready to go for sixty minutes. Now, of course, everybody's going to get hurt in football. That's it's a, it's a contact sport, you know, and it sucks. It does. It sucks. It's a contact sport. You can't help it. You're going to have an injury, right? You're going to break a bone. You're going to get a concussion. You're going to get a, you're going to get a sprain. You're going to get a separated shoulder. It happens. But when there's injuries flying left and right, there's something wrong with the conditioning there. So I want to see how the conditioning is from last year going on to this year with Texas A&M. Those are the four things I want to see from them. Texas, let's go into Texas, Austin, Texas. Here's what I want to see coming into the spring outlook. I don't want to see right now who the starter is yet, and I'll get into the starting quarterback position again with them uh, later in the competition talk, but I want to see what happens with them going into going into like who has the advantage and who has the edge. I want to see some of their receivers, you know, play too. I mean, I want to see, you know, they lost Xavier Worthy. So I want to see, you know, who they have, who's, you know, who's stepping up. Is it going to be a Donnie uh, Mitchell from uh, A.D. Mitchell from Georgia, the transfer from Georgia? Is Will he step up? What's going on there? I want to see some of the weapons that these quarterbacks have around. And I want to see how well that expands and into the into you know into the fall and going after spring. I want to see what weapons does Texas have to, you know, to help out an Arch Manning and to help out a Quinn Ewers. So it's not really about just a quarterback position for me. My outlook for Texas, who do they have? You know, who do they have for for weapons? I want to see some of the, you know, some of, you know, what happens, you know, around them more than the, just the quarterback spot. And we're going to talk about the quarterback spot in a minute, but I want to see what receivers besides A.D. Mitchell that they have, you know, who's going to step up. Because they have some new, they got some worthy talent. They have. Austin, Texas, Texas Longhorns are no short of talent at all. But I just want to see, you know, who's going to take that mantle and step up with A.D. Mitchell. I also want to see who replaces B. John Robinson at running back. B. John Robinson was a tank. <laughs> he was a tank when it came to running the ball. And he was the best running back in college football, hands down, last year. He was powerful. He was speedy. And... Uh, Listen, if you want two yards, B. John Robinson's gonna give you six. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if you wanna if you wanna know, we gotta see who's replacing him because that is a tough loss there to the NFL draft. And listen, everybody's you're gonna have tough losses when it comes to college football. You're gonna have tough, you're gonna have teams where it's like, okay, dang, I wish they would come back for one more year. But it happens, you know? You just gotta rebuild and replace them with the next B. John Robinson or the next, you know star player and star running back that y'all have. So who replaces B. John Robinson at the ground game? I hear they got a lot of good talent on, on the ground, and I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see what Texas does in the spring. One more. I would like to see just one more, and it's, I mean, I know it's all Texas here, it seems like, but I wanted to talk about Penn State for a little bit, but let's talk about just going on just one more Texas team. I want to see what TCU does. I want to see how TCU rebounds. I want to see... Uh, if Chandler Morris can live up to the expectations of being the guy, I would like to see 
how you replace uh, 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 K. Miller. I want to see how you do uh, a Keandre Miller. Sorry, Keandre Miller. I would like to see how you replace a Quentin Johnson. I would like to see how you replace a Max Duggan. And I want to see what Sonny Dykes does to try to rebound to get hit the offense and get everybody back on track after the national championship game. I want to. I want him. I want Sonny Dykes to look his team in the in the eye. That what that okay that were in the national championship but are coming back for the 2023 season because you know there are some. You look at them and go, don't focus on that. That's last season. Let's focus on right now and going into the spring and going into August and September. So I want to see one how the mentality is going out of spring and do they feel confident enough in their team, you know, going into the fall. Two, how is Chandler Moore is Chandler Moore is going to respond at quarterback? Number three, how are you going to how are you going to you know how's the loss of Max Duggan, Quentin Johnson, and Keandre Miller going to affect them as a team as a whole? So TCU I expect nothing less than them probably to bounce back. They're a really good football team, and I expect them to, you know, keep pushing and keep grinding out there. And uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. Uh, a lot of key losses, but they still have some talent, and they got some transfers coming in. They have Trey Sanders from Alabama. They have Jack Betch from LSU. They have a lot of good talent out there. So I want to see what they what they do uh, with their with Chandler Morris at quarterback, and I want to see what happens there for TCU. So it's going to be interesting there. It's going to be really, really interesting. So those are uh, my, my spring outlooks for the top teams. Uh, I know I mentioned a lot of Texas teams. I'll get more into more teams coming out uh, soon, uh, probably next week, because next week will be the final week of spring ball or it should be the final week of spring ball. I mean, 15th is when a lot of the spring games are. So, But, yeah, spring football, it's heating up. We're trying, we're seeing who's where, and we're trying to see, you know, what they need to do that's better and what I would, and what we need to see, you know, that, you know, would be, that, that would be like, you know, trying to see, you know, what's going to happen for the fall, if that makes sense. But anyway, yeah. Spring football is going to be heated up. It's going to be electric. We're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to see what these teams are they're going to present to us and what they're going to try to improve on as fall comes into play. So we'll get into more outlooks next week, and we will get there uh, on Pigskin Frenzy next Tuesday, talk about more teams, most likely outside of Texas for sure. But I just wanted to mention those three Texas teams and Penn State. Moving on, going on with the quarterback competition that I was going to talk about. So quarterback competitions are crucial to a team. You need a quarterback, obviously, nowadays. I mean, you need a quarterback regardless, obviously, but you need a quarterback nowadays for sure in today's offensive college football world and this offensive in general and offensive football in general. You need a you, you need a, a quarterback in today's day and age. So a dynamic quarterback is what you need, rather. So if you think about you know, a lot of the top teams have lost a quarterback so far. <laughs> um, you look at Tennessee. Tennessee has lost Hendon Hooker. Alabama has lost Bryce Young. Ohio State has lost C.J. Stroud. Kentucky has lost Will Levis. Georgia has lost Stetson Bennett. People have transferred. You got to think like, wow, that's uh, that's some stuff. That, that that's that that's some losses right there. That's some top losses right there. Um, but but then you think about it and you're like, okay. Look who they have now, you know? It's not 
too bad. I'm just saying they got some talent at quarterback. So those top teams, it's not really, it's not really a weakness thing. They don't have any weakness there. It's just they have the guys. It's just who's going to step up and provide that talent and challenge to, you know, other teams and who's going to step up and become the guy for that team to lead them into where the team wants to be. And that's the college football playoff or national championship game. So let's kick it off with, you know, some of the top competitions around college football. Let's kick it off with Ohio State replacing CJ Stroud. Who do they have? Junior quarterback Kyle McCord, who started over CJ Stroud at first, and then CJ Stroud ended up taking the mantle and running with it. Kyle McCord, Jr., and then they have sophomore Devin Brown. Out of high school, Devin Brown was the truth. He put up lights-out numbers. He had over uh, 60, 60% completions. Um, he had over 50-plus 50, 50 career touchdowns. He was impressive, okay? Devin Brown was the truth in high school. I get it's college, but in high school, it, tra- it could also transition, so we have, we'll have to see. Kyle McCord, he's got an impressive track record. He put up over 2,000 yards at first before C.J. Stroud took over. Kyle McCord would be the likely option in the lead currently for you know Ohio State to give him the nod over a Devin Brown because he has the more college experience. However, you never know what's going to happen. It, it, right now, it's a close battle. Ryan Day says it's a competition. It's not a controversy. That's a talk right there. I don't get why people say it's a controversy in, in, with quarterback competitions. I don't, I don't understand that. And why I don't understand that is it's not a controversy. It's not. It's just a competition. A lot of people, you know, have competitions, right? I mean, it's not – and not just a quarterback at every skill position in football. They have a running back competition. They have a linebacker competition. Who's going to start there? It's just a battle of the depth chart. It's not a controversy. There's no controversy. I think what would be controversial is like, okay, you have two quarterbacks and they're just not living up to the expectations and you need to find one or – you don't have a quarterback and you're trying to find one. So it's like, literally, it, it's not a controversy. A Kyle McCord and a Devin Brown is literally a, okay, take our pick. Who's going who's gonna to help us win the Big Ten and beat Michigan? You know what I'm saying? It's like, who's going to help us topple J.J. McCarthy, Donovan, Donovan Edwards, and Blake Corum in Michigan? So that's their stance and that's their mindset right now. Kyle McCord's a good quarterback. I would say right now he's got the nod going into spring and going into the fall only because he's got the more college experience. I'm not counting out Devin Brown, and I'm not saying Kyle McCord is their starter. I'm just saying that the more experience right now that Kyle, because Kyle McCord has the experience right now, I would say that he's got the advantage going into this battle. It's going to be an interesting battle, to say the least. Kyle McCord, junior quarterback, and sophomore quarterback, Devin Brown from Ohio State. Moving on, let's go down south to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The second quarterback in the draft, who might get taken second, or you know, a lot of the boards are projecting right now, is Bryce Young. He left. He was probably one of, if not the best quarterback to come out of Alabama, which is surprising because they had a lot of good quarterbacks. They had A.J. McCarron, they had Greg McElroy, and they had Mac Jones. More on Mac Jones Thursday. Interesting story coming out of there. But going off with Bryce Young, yes, they, they lost Bryce Young, and it's like, oh, no. 
<laughs> what are we going to do? Well, you have two good quarterbacks there. You have Jalen Milrow, who's got the experience, and you got Ty Simpson. My take on it is this. Nick Saban's going to do whatever he wants to do anyway. So I'm not saying, okay, some kid from, you know, some kid, Mississippi kid, 22 years old, going to, you know, go on a podcast and host a show and say, you know, you should do this. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying this, though. If you want to look at the advantages, Jalen Milrow has the experience because he came in for Bryce Young when he was hurt. He also started a game. You know, so it was like, okay, Jalen Milrow was ready, prepared, and, you know, was, you know, ready to play. He, he played a good game, you know, he's played good games and he's had some bright spots. He also had some small, you know, blemishes like eh, that could be that could use some work. He's running isn't isn't is sensational. I mean, he's a fast runner. He can he runs like a deer. He's big. And he, he's bulky. He's big. Which means that's a good sign. I mean, you you have a power runner at quarterback, which is pretty pretty good. You want that. However, he does throw a ball. That's good, but he needs to work on his deep accuracy. His his deep ball. I think he needs to work on getting it, uh, developing his arm, developing his passing, because in a crucial game, you're going to need some deep accurate passes going into you know, big-time games. So that's my take on that. That's where Ty Simpson comes in. Ty Simpson does not have, granted, he does not have the experience like a Jalen Milrow does, but Ty Simpson has played a few games, and he has shown off his deep arm, his, 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 his you know, deep, long passes. His accuracy is pretty solid, lights out. I've seen some highlights from their spring practices. Wow, he's got a cannon. If you want a listen, my take is this, I guess, if you if you want to break it down. If you want a running quarterback and then throw it to a receiver like a Jacory Brooks, who's coming back now, uh, a Kobe Prentice, number 80, who's also back, and you got those weapons around for Alabama, you throw it to them, some short passes, and you make the plays with them. If that's the offense you want to try to if, if that's the offense that Tommy Reese wants to run. Yes, go for it. I, I, it may work. It may not. Who knows? You just have to try it. Now, if you want a quarterback that can, you know, like I said, short passes and run the ball, yeah, go with Jalen Milrow. But if you want a deep arm, you know, gun, you know, drop back in the gun, shotgun, step back, throw, and launch it, you're going to go with Ty Simpson. And Ty Simpson is a good quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. Is he not? He's not as mobile as Jalen Milrow, but – you also have good running backs there. You have a Jace McClellan. You have a you have good running backs and you have solid running backs like McClellan. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to sit there and say, yeah, go, you know, go with one or the other when there's, you know, so much, you know, good in both, right? So Ty Simpson, if you want an arm, probably if you want a deep, you know, deep, accurate ball, I would go with Ty Simpson. But if you want a, you know, make plays on the feet, but also you can try to share the ball around with others too, you know, and make those short passes, go with Jalen Milrow. I mean, nothing hurts. So, I mean, I think Jalen Milrow and, and Ty Simpson are quarterbacks that are not to be taken lightly regardless. I think they're working really hard. And 
I don't think the loss of Bryce Young will hurt Alabama this year at all. I don't. Um, does that mean I'm going to say they're going to win the national championship? Who knows? We'll see. That's a whole different conversation. But I don't think I'm going to sit there and say that they are, you know, th- those aren't bad options at quarterback, and that's gonna, and that loss of Bryce Young is going to hurt any. So let's move on to Georgia. Georgia's won the defending national champions. They got three. They got freshman Gunnar Stockton. They have uh, Carson Beck, the redshirt junior, who's uh, who is noticeably in the lead for to start uh, this coming up fall. And then there's um, redshirt sophomore uh, Brock Vander uh, Vandergriff. So Brock Vandergriff is a uh, is a solid quarterback. He he did some great things in high school. He's a member of the 2021 2022 national championship team as a backup along with Carson Beck. Carson Beck has done some great things, and he's most notably in the lead. Right now, I would say, you mean, they both got good arms. They both got good uh, good mindset and a good winning mentality, and they want to play. You know, they want the job, you know? So it's like they want the pressure, and they want to test themselves to see how they can thrive under pressure. I would like to see from both of those guys, mainly mainly Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff, can they, you know, can they thrive under pressure? Since it's a new, since it's a new, a new day and age for Georgia now, Stetson Bennett's gone. Can they thrive under pressure as the Georgia starting quarterback? They got high expectations. They got to win ball games and Georgia's coming off of a back-to-back national championship run. I think whoever takes over the starting quarterback position for Georgia has got a lot of shoes to fill just because of what Stetson Bennett did on paper and what he did with the national championships and he and you know how much they've won. It's a lot of pressure and a lot of weight for whoever takes over for Georgia. So, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting case to look at between Brock Vandergriff and Carson Beck. I think Carson Beck's got the noticeable lead right now just because of the experience factor with him they're uh, backing up a second string for Stetson Bennett. So he's got the noticeable lead there, but Brock Vandergriff may come back and surprise everybody. It's looking like a battle between them two. I mean, I know Gunnar Stockton is the future of that team, but right now it's a Brock Vandergriff and Carson Beck battle with Carson Beck, in my mind, having a slight advantage over Brock Vandergriff. One more. Let's go into one more. Let's go into Texas. <laughs> Texas Longhorns. Let's go with Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning. My mindset is it's hard because it's a Manning, right? Everyone wants to see Arch Manning start. Everyone wants to see, you know, what the next generation of Mannings are going to do, right? However, you can't just, just because he's a Manning, you can't, take away everything Quinn Ewers has done. Quinn Ewers as a starting quarterback was, I mean, sensational. He did a great job last season. Was it an Alamo Bowl loss to Washington? Absolutely, it was. But at the same time, Quinn Ewers played lights out, but he also played hurt, too. He had a shoulder problem. His separated shoulder he suffered against Alabama was nagging on him this past season. So Quinn Ewers is going to be fully healthy, ready to go, ready to launch the ball, because he can launch the ball. He's got a cannon. He's also got the head, too. So Quinn Ewers is going to be a, a top prospect in the draft coming up after 2023 anyway. So when you think about it, it's like, okay, you know, he's going to come back for one more year, have a good season. Arch Manning is going to sit on the bench for season, and then Arch Manning will then take over in 2024. M- maybe that's the case, or maybe not. 
I said in future episodes that if the spring ever happens and, you know, it's over, we need to, like, settle back and, you know, do a mid what Michigan did. Go, okay, Quinn Ewers starts one half. Arch Manning starts the other half in a game. So I thought about that. I thought about how that would be a good idea, you know. They should try to see who is the starting quarterback. But right now, a slight advantage, you got to go with Quinn Ewers just because he's got the experience there. And plus, he may be on his way out to the NFL anyway. So if you want to be an Arch Manning and wait for Arch Manning, yeah, you'll see him play a little bit. But I think Quinn Ewers may be the guy going in. But... I would sit there and say that that it, it's safe to say that they're going to do a, you know, not decide a starting quarterback right as of now. They're going to wait until, you know, the opening get day of college football and then do a, you know, first half this guy, second half this guy approach like they did with Michigan. So it's very interesting to see. Right now, I think Quinn, Quinn Ewart has got the advantage, but Arch Manning may gave him a run for his money. Look what he did in high school. Look what he did at Newman. So let's see. Let's see how it happens. But right now, I think Quinn Ewers has got the advantage. Um, we'll get to more quarterback competitions probably next week. There's a lot more to talk about. Um, most notably, I said I was going to mention Texas A&M, but we're kind of, you know, we're kind of pressing on a little bit of time here. So I'll get to Texas A&M next week in the podcast next Tuesday on Pigskin Frenzy. So one more thing before we head out. Let's talk about the who is the greatest college player to ever play college football. I said I was going to mention this. Um, I saw it on Twitter. We I saw a lot of people were just throwing out their opinions on who is the greatest uh, college football player to ever play the game. I saw an article on it. It was interesting. It was an interesting takes. I saw a lot of good takes. I saw a lot. I mean, look, you, there's a lot out there. There was a lot. There was Peyton Manning. There was Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, Johnny Johnny Manziel. Who can who can remember what Johnny Manziel did? His freshman year, his sophomore years, incredible. You also had Jameis Winston. You had running backs like Darren McFadden. You had Felix Jones. You had Steve Slayton and Pat White, the dynamic duo from Western from uh, West Virginia. You had Mark Ingram. You had Julio Jones. You had a bunch of good college football players. You had Trent Richardson. Who remembers Trent Richardson in Alabama, right? You had a bunch of good players. You had Patrick Peterson. You had Tyron Matthew. You had Ndamukong Sue from Nebraska. I mean, you can name countless of players. Robert Griffin III from uh from Baylor, Andrew Luck from Stanford. They all, all these guys went on to play at an NFL level and professional football level on Sundays. Joe, uh, recently, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson from LSU in 2019. I mean, you had a bunch of guys, Tua Tungavailoa, you had Matt Jones, you had a bunch of good college football players, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, a bunch of people from the SEC. You had Tim Tebow, a bunch of players. Here's my take on it. I don't think there actually is a single great college football player in the game. Now, you're thinking right now, are you serious? You got all the way to the end just to sit there and say, that's your take? There's no single greatest college football player out there? Yeah, I did get to the end and just say that Say that because there's not. There's, there's, there's not. There's, they're, they're all great, you know? And that's what makes college football so fun, you know? To me, there's not a single 
greatest player to ever play college football. Yeah, sure. It the, the cover of that page was Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin at West Virginia was lights out. He was insane. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was insane. He did a lot of stuff. He ran jet sweeps like nobody else did. He ran, he was lightning fast, kickoff returns, all that stuff. He was great. But he was not the he's not the greatest to play ever play college football. You could uh, you could argue Joe Burrow's the greatest quarterback to ever play college football, but they're still talking about, you know, what Matt Jones did or what Tim Tebow did or what Johnny Manziel did or Cam Newton did. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it doesn't really matter who the greatest is. If that's my that's my take on it. It doesn't really matter who the greatest is. It matters that there were great college football players out there that paved the way for more great college football players out there. So there's really not a, to me, a great college football player out there. It's just that there's so many of them that came through that it's really hard to say, okay, that guy was the best player to ever watch in college football. Now, you can look back and, rem and remember, man, that guy was lights out in college. Man, that guy was awesome, you know? But at the same time, it's like you can't sit there and say the best college football player ever, you know? It's hard debate, you know? It's hard. You're going to have opinions. Everybody's going to have opinions. There's going to be fans that are going to say Mark Ingram was. There's going to be fans that are going to say Cam Newton was. Tim Tebow, Johnny Menzel, Joe Burrow, uh, Steve Slayton, Pat White, LaDamian Tomlinson from TCU. Drew Brees from when he played at Purdue in 2000. I was a I was an almost a newborn when he played at college. So I'm just saying you're going to have that. You're going to sit there and say that you're going to sit there and say that uh, Marcus Allen from USC was a really good running back at USC. So it's just hard to sit there and say that he that they that that there is a good college football player and the greatest college football player out there because there were so many of them. So my take is this. There's no single greatest college football player out there, but there's multiple. And that's what makes so college football, that's what makes college football so good and so exciting to watch every fall going into winter. So it makes you look forward to see to seeing who's the next Joe Burrow, who's the next Johnny Manziel, who's the next, you know, Heisman Trophy winner with Caleb Williams, who's the who's the next Drew Brees, LaDamian Tomlinson, um, Steve Slayton or Pat White, who's the next, you know, who's the next Sam Bradford or Tim Tebow? Who's the next, you know? And that's what it's all about. Who's the next great player? And that's what makes so college ball so exciting and fun. The topic and everything is fun, but there's just there's just no single greatest college ball player because there's multiple, and that's what makes the game so exciting. That's my take on it, and we're out of time. So a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to sit back and watch Peace Skin Frenzy. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. Podbean, if you're, if you're listening on there, share around with others, follow on there as well. Spotify, same thing. Share around with others and follow on there as well. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that in, follow the page there, and you'll get notifications and updates for episodes and news and highlights across college and NFL football.
Facebook, same thing. All I got to do is type Pigskin Frenzy in, follow and like the page there. You'll get updates and notifications across college and NFL football as well. Big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to sit and listen to some Pigskin Frenzy. Remember, Thursday, new episode, NFL highlights and coverage. And we're going to talk about some stuff going on with Matt Jones. It's pretty interesting. We're going to update you on, you know, everything going around across the league and, you know, talk about the Lamar Jackson situation some more. So, and we're going to update you on the NFL draft coming up soon. NFL Thursday for Pigskin Frenzy. You don't want to miss it. Again, thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we'll see you guys Thursday for an NFL edition of Pigskin Frenzy.